Hello and welcome to the Everyday Problems podcast, a podcast about the problems we face each day as we go about our busy lives. I'm Tom Corneal and my co-host Liam Tarvit and I have had many dealings with depression and anxiety and other related issues and wanted to provide a safe space where we can normalise the conversation around mental health and its impact on everything from the workplace to grief to just getting through the day. I should point out that we're not medical professionals and we don't profess to have all the answers. But we are veterans of the embattled mind and we hope that by sharing our war stories we might shed some light on solutions that could be useful to you or people that you know. Liam and I are incredibly lucky this week to have been able to talk to Ben Akers. Ben is one of the founders of the now International Talk Club. It's an open group chat for men around the world to unburden themselves in a safe space. Ben came to my attention when a friend of mine took me along to see the screening of his documentary Steve. It's all about his childhood best friend, Steve, who committed suicide some years ago. I learned at the documentary that the biggest killer of UK men under the age of 50 is suicide, and as Ben puts it, the most likely thing to kill me is me. There are now talk clubs all around the country, and indeed the world, which are helping save lives through conversation and normalising the concept of mental fitness. Ben will tell us more about it through this episode. Enjoy. Ben, welcome and thank you for um, for agreeing to do this little interview with us today. We've got lots of things we wanted to chat through with you, but um, just as a by way of a bit of a, an introduction, I came across your work a few months ago now, I wish I could remember exactly when it was, when a friend of mine, Blair Chadwick, who also has a, a rather brilliant podcast at the moment which um, is centered around mental health he asked me to come to see the screening of the documentary in Bristol which is not the sort of thing Blair's one of my arty mates it's it wasn't completely surprising for him to invite me to the screening of a documentary but it isn't the sort of thing that we normally do on a Monday night so I was curious as to what why he may have asked me to go along and and we brought another friend as well and I had been going through a bit of a rough patch at the time um, and regular listeners will know that both Liam and I have had uh, intermittent dalliances with depression and associated conditions and I I was at pretty low ebb at the time or had had recently come out of one I should say and I kind of realised when I got there that Blair was worried about me and that was part of the reason why he brought me along. The other reason was that he thought he just discovered something that was really quite good. So what he asked me to come and see was the documentary Steve, which um, which you created and were taking on the road. And it was about the, the tragic passing of your friend, Steve, who took his own life. And it was all three of us were deeply moved. I'd, I'd say unsurprised by some of the things that we learned in there that was the saddest thing about it was almost that we could relate to some of the the topics in in the documentary so easily of you know sort of toxic masculinity about men bottling things up that it was shocking to have it played back to us but not that shocking Mm. to have to, to hear some of it and that in itself was really sad but it was a wonderful piece that you put together it was really really good and, and and better still not just that you made it but that you were taking it out and you were getting people to watch it so I wanted to to kind of open up with um with a fairly open question to you which was and I hope you don't mind me asking this but obviously you're, you're deeply affected by your childhood best friend passing away were there any other motivations for you uh, working on on that movie um were there any other motivations it was it was basically I mean, my i grew up in advertising so i so my career started um in sort of well i did it at uni and and i basically started using my my i'm a problem solver i basically that's what i was i was sort of like using my evil powers for good was my my sort of coin to the towards the end of my uh, advertising career if you like and um i I looked at this, I'd been, I'd been doing this thing with sort of sustainability and I've been doing this thing with lots of stuff with um, looking at other parts of uh, the world. And I didn't associate that with what was going on in my personal life with Steve. And I sort of suddenly realised that um, I was actually lying in a hammock the first time I'd had a, a holiday in three years 
and first time I'd actually relaxed. And I suddenly turned to my wife and said, I need to, I need to make a film about Steve. Um, I mean, it'd been, it'd been sort of, I think it'd been four years since he'd passed, maybe three and a half years since he'd passed. And I'd been dealing with that, that sort of, uh, that grief um, all the way through on my own and trying to do those other, other things with it and sort of doing, the, doing, doing therapy and working through a lot of that grief. But I needed to do more. And I needed to sort of go, well, I've actually got, I, I, I'm, I'm, my job is to, to solve problems. My job is to persuade people to do things, to, to look at things differently, to change behaviour. So then I read an article that said that sort of men, of men of our age watch sport and documentaries. And I just went, that's what I'm going to do then. I'm going to make a film. And it was like, to me, that was like, okay, I've got a reason. I've, I've, got, I've, I've, got, this, I've got this fact that this happens. The biggest killer of men under, currently under 50 um statistically the the thing most likely to kill me is me and i was like okay i can't i I can't just leave this now so um i crowdfunded it and i sort of uh i i went this is how i have to do it i have to do it completely um with the family with 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 my friends and try and create something that is completely different um not i mean i'm i'm not i'm i don't i'm not trained in filmmaking i don't know i mean i've only got that stuff through through being in advertising so it was it was literally a case of going okay i i believe that i can do this i believe that i will get my own therapy out of it i believe that i it will help me it will be it'll be cathartic um and all i needed to do was stop the next steve i need to just save one man that's all i needed to do mm. and um I think you came, did you come to the, the, the one of St George's? Did you come to the, the premiere or did you come it, to another one? It, it was the one in, um, at the Hen and Chicken. Oh, the Hen and Chicken, yeah. So, so, we, so basically since, since then, I mean, I've, I've, done, I've done 49 screenings up and down the country in, in sort of in, since last March. And, um, and obviously that got, we were having our 50th um, at, the, at the, one in, the one in Southfield, uh, the Bristol Beer Factory when COVID kicked in, so we, so we couldn't have it. Right. But it's been fascinating just sort of going like, um, using, again, using that problem solving skill, going like, okay, I'll make the film, then what? Right, mm. then, okay, I, I can just chuck it on a player or I can get it into sort of like, get it onto, uh, chuck it online, make everyone see it. But it's not about that. It's actually about, it's a, it's a, it's a Trojan horse is what I call it. It's a starter. Mm. It's so that, the, it's, it's so that, like with you, when Blair's worrying about you, he brings his mates along, yeah. and he's worrying about you, and it's a, and it's a soft entry point. There's a way that I've always looked at it. It's a soft entry point, and it is. So many men have said to me exactly what you said about it's being played back to them. They see so many of those things in themselves. Because Steve was Steve was very normal. He was a lovely, normal bloke. He just had he had, he had kids. He had a great he had a uh, a great wife. He had a great career, and um, and what happened was that he he just it started to unravel and he didn't know how to handle it and we don't know how to handle it and we haven't been taught we haven't got the skills on mm-hmm. how to handle it and and it just unraveled and unraveled and unraveled and and like there's so many people that like round table section where i get all my best mates together and we have this yeah. conversation like that was a proper life-changing moment for me because yeah. suddenly they all turned around to me and said afterwards they go to me you don't you're there for everyone else but you'll never let us be there for you and to me that was like what like i'm i i'm i always let i'm open what do you mean i'm open and and that really really changed my life just that one conversation so so the whole thing has been very inspiring to me and it it seems to have helped a lot of people fantastic and i'm sure it'll help a lot more and um liam you you actually watched this very recently didn't you the documentary and i know you had a few questions you wanted to put to ben yeah i i um i would love to say i um i really enjoyed it but it's um it's quite a challenging watch and having had um having lost mates my own through um through suicide as well there's just yeah just kind of so many so many of those feelings that i think you expressed and other people did about you know wanting to be able to help or stop it happening to anybody else because it's just a yeah it's just a horrific thing for you know people to go through fam- family and friends and things like that um one of the things that i really um that i'd never heard before actually that i um 
that I really enjoyed was, uh, or not enjoyed, but found really interesting was the bit about the serotonin increase that, um, that one of the, uh, one of your guests referenced that Danny, yeah. Um, about listening to your favorite song that that can help your serotonin go up by 9%. And I, that just sort of blew me away. So I kind of did a little bit of, uh, research afterwards was what was the kind of biggest learn for you from it was there anything that you that you found that you'd never thought about before or um well uh, to be honest what a lot of it came out of um basically the the, the idea of danny again i mean i could listen to danny i could talk to danny i'll just listen to him for hours i mean mm, he's just yeah he's in there he's done it he's sort of like he's been to rock bottom and he's sort of, and he's managed to work really hard with great people to, to, to pull himself out of it. And he, he, um, he introduced me to the idea of mental fitness, which to me was, was really interesting because what happens from there, because I think that what we do as men, when someone says mental health, we automatically switch off. As you, as you, as I, I, I sort of say in the, I say in the, um, uh, in the round table section, those are all intelligent men. And they've also, I say mental health and suddenly everyone just sort of like almost dipped their heads mm. and no one knows what that means. Like, like uh, everyone automatically goes to the negatives. So when you start talking about mental fitness, you compare that to physical fitness as physical health and mental health. As it, we have both. And what's really interesting for me was that that thing of the, you can actually increase or decrease. So you go like, I'm feeling mentally unfit today. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. You're feeling down, right? So when so when suddenly that was introduced to me, that was that that was that. I mean, it was to be honest. I mean, the whole thing's a learning thing for me. But but that was a real turning point in the way that I handled a lot of I handle a lot of my stuff. And and then we introduced the idea of the out of ten, which we can talk about with Talk Club later. But combining those two things was really really interesting because I could I I um I take I can take responsibility for for mm. how feeling before i get ill once you get ill then then putting your arm in the ear and saying i'm 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 ill now that's a responsibility that's taking responsibility for yourself but actually knowing that you can do things about it beforehand and like the like the like you said about the music we go like i'm when i'm talking to someone who's got very low numbers out of 10 i'm sort of saying okay how are you going to increase yourself just by a 0.5 like Surround, bring someone who's positive, bring someone who's going to make you laugh, put on your favourite music, put on a favourite film, like literally just going, those little, those little things that seem so tiny can actually lift us. Mm. Um, and I think that those are the type of things that there was actually this, this, the, 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 the reverse of it going, the, going um, the reason why we are struggling so much as men when it comes to our mental health is we're, we're very bad at, at sort of, admitting there's something wrong, but also the stoicism in us. Yeah. We sort of go like, like, I will carry on because I will carry on fighting. We go, go with you. But if you, you never look at that when someone's going to the gym, you yeah. sort of, they're being stoic about their weight. So look at them, they're really fat, but they're being stoic about their weight. And suddenly, <laughs> suddenly sort of like, yeah, it, it's, it's, they're not getting themselves meant, they're, they're, they're not getting themselves physically fit because they're being stoic. It, just, it doesn't make sense. Mm. So so we know as men, we, we know well, as a society, we know we need to work on our physical fitness, what we put in and what, uh, what energy we put in. So, yeah, so that was, that was a real turning point for me, the idea of mental fitness. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that, um, that, that I, I sort of pulled out of it when I, was, when I was watching it was some of the common themes that, um, that emerge from the different people that you speak to. And one that we've talked about quite a lot is um, about and for me particularly not feeling like I've all, I've had the language to express myself. Um, so that, that resonated with me, but I wondered if there were any other sort of similar themes like that, where they're, um, you know, maybe things that would be really, really helpful for people, but they're not picked up by the sort of current support offering that we have. Well, I mean, I'm jumping ahead here, but, but where we, I mean, even just you watching it on your own, I, 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 I I, I had this big whole thing where I wanted to, with the film, the idea of the film is, uh, with the, the tour, I mean, the idea was the film was to go to masculine environments, go to where the men are, mm. go to, like, go make him, put it in a pub, mates bring their mates and everyone, uh, and then we have a great conversation afterwards. And 
it was almost this idea of taking responsibility, me as a filmmaker and me as a sort of like, uh, watching on your own can be quite, um, I wouldn't go dangerous, but daunting. It can sort of like leave you with nowhere to go. Mm. And so it's almost like I give a safety warning before I do a screening about looking after yourself. And then we have a big discussion afterwards about where people are, the positivity and how that made you feel. And because because language is so important about actually expressing ourselves in those type of things is what I found. And then we, with Talk Club, the basis of Talk Club is all, how are you out of 10? And it sounds, and it, we, we got it from youth mentoring. It's, it, it's because blokes are like kids. It's that simple, right? But, um, and some people are almost going, well, it's too simple. But what you do is when you, when you can start using that as a language, mm. if I ask you how you are, your automatic reaction is, I'm okay. That's your automatic reaction because you don't know whether it's a greeting or whether it's a, um, or whether you actually are concerned about how I'm feeling. Then you go, then you go, what, where do you go next? Um, no, really, how are you? Right. And then you go, well, okay, well, I don't know whether, I, I, I don't know whether that's too confronting. And, I, and if I haven't got those words, I don't know where to go with it. If you start going to, how are you out of 10? You're saying two things. You're going, first of all, you're going, I really care. And I want you to tell me, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pass. I'm going to, I've got the time for that. I'm going to take on what that is. But also it gives you, it, it gives you a way to, it gives the person you're asking a way to open up. Yeah. So, so I think when people have said to me, I'm a three, and suddenly I'll go, boom, now I know my job as a, as a, for the next 15, 20 minutes is to, is to explore why you're a three. Now, I'm, I'm not a professional. I'm not, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trained or anything. I'm just, a, I'm just a, a mate. But that gives me a way of going that way. And then for me, when I've got those numbers, I go like, I, I can wake up. At, I can wake up. I rarely wake up higher than a four or a five. I woke up at a four this morning. My three, uh, my two-year-old was kicking me in the head for most of the night. I ended up on the couch. I sort of like, I just didn't, I just had a crap night's sleep. And then it was like, okay, how can I increase my number from, from a four to a five to a six to a seven? Like literally I take control of my mental fitness by those numbers. Now I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm in a good space. I've been in bad spaces but the way that I way I go is the reason why I can't slip down is something as simple as that. Just by mm. going, it's like it's, it's what it's what it's, it's sort of it's what mindfulness is based on is like actually being present. If I'm going, okay, I'm if I'm if I'm inspired by a conversation or if I'm feeling really crappy, then I'll go, okay, I'm, I'm I know I, I go, what number am I? And I ground myself with that number. Yeah, and then that's, I that's a really great point actually about using that as a as a grounding tool, like you say, the, the kind of link to mindfulness and meditation, all, all of that is about really finding that starting point. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's also, also what you're doing is you can, because uh, what we do in Talk Club, we, we have a check-in number and then we have a check-out number. So we have a check-in number, what a number are you? I'm a six. And then you explain why, and then we talk about, we talk about what you're grateful for, and then we talk about uh, how you're going to look after your mental fitness. You talk out, you, you, you do your exit number. So what you can do is you can see a progression in those two hours. You can see that you go, I'm sitting here and talking has opened up and I've, I've gone from a six to an eight. So you can, you can feel your own progression. And that again is good for us. So, so like, so we know, like we all know it when we go for, when we go for a run, we feel crap before we go, we go come out and we feel better. Even if we've had a crap run, we feel better. Hmm. So it's a lot of these things are almost just, a, just, staying with the feeling and going okay i feel this way and i'm going to work on how i get like i sort of say have a juice as i say rings i always ring my rather ring my weight mate whiz whiz always me and him I, he makes me laugh if i'm feeling crappy i'll ring him because i'll go i'll know that i'll just we'll take the piss out of each other for 15 minutes and it's brilliant because i go like i know i know he's there i know i've got that and it's it's so important to have your own little techniques about how you're going to lift yourself because Life is so hard at the moment. I mean, as we're all experiencing with all this lockdown and uncertainty of the future and uh, countries in recession, like we need to we need to work really hard to make sure that we can we can stay on top of just how we're feeling. Because if we're strong, if we're mentally strong, then everyone else around from around of us can can benefit from that. Can make us better fathers, better sons, better better friends. 
absolutely it's something we talk about a lot on this show and and it's funny how if you talk long enough on this on the topic eventually all paths kind of lead back to this but be kind to yourself yeah. is so important and and it's I, I think that a lot of the sensitive types that that might be listening to this um worry a lot about the world that's around them and and punish themselves for not being there enough for people and things like that but if you can invest a little more time in looking after yourself and, and owning your your own mental state you stand a much better chance of yeah. being able to be there for people around you and just being there for yourself as as well that the um the, the number thing um it's it's so simple, but it is so clever. When I was thinking about things to ask you, Ben, I was I was one of the things that instinctively I wanted to ask you was, what do you do if you ask someone how they are and they say that they're fine? And you suspect that there's more to it, but you can't get past that. And actually, I kind of realised just through listening to you talk that applying a number to it, you know, subtly urging someone to apply a number to it already implants a level of ownership in them that, that they then kind of have to tell you something and i think that there is it's very easy for someone to tell a little fib about whether they're fine or not fine but i think it's much more difficult for someone to tell a fib about what number they are because it requires a little bit more thought and i just i think that it's definitely something that i'll i'll be thinking about a, a lot more and also as kind of a lead on from that as well I can think of people who have been in a bit of a low patch for some time who I'm looking forward to the next conversation and being able to, to ask them how are you out of 10 partly because I think that if I can get them into that way of thinking I, if I previously we can start and finish it if I'm with them for a few hours we can start and finish a conversation that person would still look back on it and think yeah I started low I, I finished pretty low but if you can perhaps sow the seeds that do you know when I when when I knocked on your door this morning you told me you were a, a three or a four and actually look back on it and you just told me you're a you're a four or a five or even more than that that's a win that's a victory you know you could try and mm. try and take some, some some joy from that that's great isn't it you, you finished better than you started i think that's really powerful it's, it's so it's so simple because what you do is you can actually go like um if if you sort of say there's a reverse of it men don't men i, I don't want to burden you with my problems i don't want to burden you and you go but if i ask you how you are out of 10 then then that goes i'm i want to be burdened i'm i want to listen to you yeah and, and what i do is i sort of say i say after every screening i go like if you're worried about someone, and I challenge everyone to this, I'm going like, okay, now, now we've come out of this, now it's over to you guys. If you're worried about someone, or even if you're worrying yourself, if, you, if, if you're actually worrying about yourself, right, just ask yourself or ask them, how are you out of 10? Because then what, you hap what happens is you are automatically starting a dialogue. And mm. everyone's different. Like one man's five might be another man's eight. I mean, what I try and say as well, is what we're trying to say is you can't have seven. Right, you have 7.1 or 6.9 as a decision, right? Because automatically you can tell when someone doesn't want to talk about it. They'll either go, oh, I'm a nine or I'm a 10. I go, you're not a nine and you're definitely not a 10 unless you've just won the lottery or it's your marriage or your wedding day. You're not a 10, yeah. right? Um, or, or if they say seven and you go and you, and you feel that there's something else there, you go, okay, decide 6.9 or 7.1 because I want you to move out of that comfort zone. Mm. And they'll mm. go 6.9 go, why? Why were you 6.9, not 7.1? Because you're worried about them. You, you pick up on these little things when we're talking. But in theory, five is halfway. Why do we not go for five? Mm. But, and I, and I, I have this thing where I, I, I like to operate around an eight. I know that I'm doing good yeah. if I'm an eight. Um, I can drop, I dropped down to a four and a half through COVID. I was sort of like, I was low. I was, I was getting very low. I was sort of, um, and I was trying, all my usual techniques were not working. I had to re-look re at some stuff and I had to change some stuff around because, because, because my anchors were gone. I mean, like we were, our freedom was gone. Our sort of uh, work yeah. was hard yeah. and you, and it's, it's, it is hard, but you go, it's, if you look at your mental fitness as a, as a, as a journey, it's not about something that can be solved or, or works out like our physical fitness, but like, we've all been fitter than we are today. 
and we'll all be less fit than, than, than we are tomorrow. And it's, it's just a progression as to what we are. As soon as we can start working it out, as blokes especially, as soon as we can start working it out that it's not something to be fixed, it's actually something that's going to carry on. Like the way you look at a gym, you mm. go, you, you, don't get, you go to the gym to, to get fit, but you keep going to the gym to keep fit. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. if we start doing that, if men start looking at it like that and we start looking at therapy as personal trainers, not someone, not someone who's going to fix us, someone who can get us our optimum. Yeah. That's the way that I sort of like, that's the way we try and we, then we'll, then we'll hopefully be in this, this um, preventative state of looking after ourselves and keeping ourselves all mentally fit more than, um, more than this sort of like the, the reverse where we are at the moment. We are certainly, if you were looking at it, is, it is uh, um, in physical terms, we're waiting for ourselves to have a heart attack before we go for a run. That is literally how we're looking at our mental state in, in, in this country. Like that's, we wait for everything to get broken and then we go to, then we go to the personal trainer to try and fix us. Mm. Like, mm. That doesn't work. That's an interesting point when you say about we're waiting for that in this country. And it's something that just kind of dawned on me, as you said, about us, about people always going for a seven of a comfort zone. Do, do you think there's an element of that seven being that kind of, I don't know, British stiff upper lip type mentality? And, the, and, and I suppose, have you, got any, have you got any experiences of where this is different in other, in other countries or with other cultures? Well, I mean, I, I, think, I, I think this is weird. There's a weird, for me, there's a weird state. I mean, I'm, again, I'm talking about men here, right? So I think there's a weird state of, um, I don't deserve it when it comes to men. And it, the stoicism, I think, is very British. Um, I think we're very, I think we want to, we, 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 with the stiff upper lip is sort of like very stoic of the way that we handle things. I think in the States, especially the sort of hard east and hard west coasts, they're very, they're, 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 you could argue there's a level of self-importance, but there's actually a, level, a, a bigger layer of self-care. So therapy is used a lot more over there because they're going like, like I, I've got a friend who's on, who runs a big ad agency on 300 grand a year. His whole job is being, his, his whole, everything is revolving around between his ears. And I sort of said to him, have you got therapy? And he said, no. And I go, you're an effing idiot. And he goes, Benny, that's a bit strong. And I was like, no, like, mate, you're being paid to use this thing. If you were, if you were, uh, if you were a Formula One car and you weren't going for a regular MOTs and regular check-in, which you currently are being th on 300 notes a year, then you're an idiot. And, yeah. and I think that when you come to the States and I think you, when you come to sort of certain parts of, um, uh, of higher, I mean, banking, especially like, We've seen it in billions. You get you get a head coach when you get to that certain layer. I th I, I think that there is just something about the Brits. I also think it's something about men. I don't think we. I like for example, this isn't sexist in any way. I promise you. But but we 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 don't have facials. We don't have we don't have massages to to help us. Our massages are sports massages to to hurt us. Um, we don't we don't know how to look after ourselves in those certain ways, in my opinion, and. When it comes to when it comes to therapy, don't think we're worth it. We don't. Th I'm not ill, um, and I don't think I'm worth it enough. So, my, a lot of it is to me is sort of going. How do we, like as my mum said in the film, like like um, it's the put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can help others. If we can yeah. start, if I can start, sort of, if I if we can talk club is all about like us guys are trying to work out how to go to to all men, like stay mentally fit so you can be a better father you can be a better son you can be a better um you you, you can be better at everything that you do if you are mentally fit and suddenly that that the tone changes that makes us about that makes us a lot bigger than that that makes it like steve steve wanted to be the best father he could possibly be if i knew now what well, I, I didn't know then it, i i might have been able to change things for him um, I might have been able to get him not to have done that. And, and I think that there's, but I can't go back on that. I can only go forward, but I, but I think there's so much in our, in our, um, in our society. I mean, in the way that men nowadays, we, we, our identity is a bit, we don't know what we are. I mean, someone said to me, we have to win the bacon and cook it too now. And I think that that's really weird inside inside sort of identity of men, 
Um, so hopefully, hopefully having that come back in, we want to be brilliant fathers. So, so, so how do you take responsibility for that and look after yourself a bit more? That's my hope anyway, but you have to be in a good space to take that on. You can't, you can't take, you have to be, you have to be the equivalent of, of fit to go for, go for that marathon. Um, when you're, when you're unfit, it's harder to sort of like take on those thoughts because, because you, you start, you start slipping. Mm. So it's quite, it's, it's not, it's not one rule. It's not one rule fits all, unfortunately. No, that's, um, uh, yeah, that, that's really powerful. Men, we're a problem, aren't we? Um, but th- th- there was something that you mentioned in the, the TED talk, you kind of clarified something that Liam and I had actually talked about before, and I talked about with Blair as well. There, there was something in my mind, Ben, about um, when you were encouraging in the Steve documentary men to look, get a mate and get get him to come out to the pub and get him talking and things like that. And obviously it was all done much more articulately than that. There was a, a little niggle at the back of my mind about the involvement of going for a pint and, and going to pubs and, and things. And, and it's, this is a personal, I'm sort of projecting here because I know for me, I, if I'm in a particularly bad place, I do suffer very, very badly. If I'm hungover, so day, day after drinking or something, I can be incredibly low. I have to be very, very careful. And actually, in the last few years, it's seen me cut down substantially on, on the volume I would drink on a night out. I, I'm, um, I come from a family of good Irish drinkers um, and uh, and it's taken me a lot of discipline because I know how bad I can be the, the morning after and I'm no good to, to anybody. But then you, you said something and you may have said it in the documentary and I just forgot, but you said it in the TED talk as well, um, which was that that thing about the trojan horse and you you said about when you decided that you needed to that that you had a message to share that you wanted to take this documentary out and you wanted guys to to see it you wanted to get get blokes talking you had to go to where the men are and that Mm. is why you ended up taking it too and it could be you know not just pubs lots of different places but suddenly it all kind of made sense and that made me uh, and I think that's exactly the reason why it's it really works doing it that way it got me and Blair and and our mate Adam to come along that night we had a pint and we watched the watched the documentary we had brilliant chats afterwards in fact Blair and I've never um looked back or we've we've constantly looked back at that evening and the things that we learned and it it, we've been better for it um I'm curious to know that because of the nature of men and broadly speaking though there are exceptions broadly not wanting to to open up maybe to talk about things of emotion have you in this journey since you've been taking the documentary around and introducing talk club have you come across any instances of of um reluctant or refusal or, or have you found that because of the way that it's introduced and the way that you you have the conversation that actually people have been broadly open to coming on board quite easily um i'll be honest uh, i've i've it's been too easy to for, for people to open up it's literally it's like because i've shown my vulnerability on screen right. because i'm sitting there in front of them and they've just been sitting there watching me for 90 minutes because i talk about how at the beginning of the film i don't watch the first 20 minutes of the film because it still upsets me and um i let myself have that and to show that show that i'm i'm this this isn't this isn't um uh, that I'm still I'm still human. I'm not sort of like I'm not sort of thinking I'm something special. Um, yeah. I've had everything from I mean we've done I've done screenings at, at Cat B Prison and I've done screenings at Coots. I've done screenings in Aberdeen and I've done screenings in Falmouth. I mean I've been around on these things, mm-hmm. and what what what's been amazing is that the the um, the sort of like when I talk about the TED talk is when men are cradling a pint and sort of say like I, they see vulnerability there. They want to they want to show they what they, they they feel open enough to talk to me about it. And it's it's sort of fascinating in the way that I mean, just back to the, the alcohol thing. I mean, like a friend of mine who runs one of the mines uh, here, 
uh, in Bristol, he sort of said to me, uh, I said to him, I'm going to take on a pub tour. And he paused and he went, Benny, that's effing brilliant. Um, he goes, we could never do that as a charity. Um, mm-hmm. But going to where they are um, is brilliant. And, and there have been criticisms of doing that, of me taking it to a pub. Do you know about alcohol and depression? Do you know about this? I do very well know about both of those. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and, I know, and I know lots of people have suffered it. But, but the point is, it ain't working at the moment. Whatever people are doing, whatever other charities are doing, whatever's going on in society, yeah. it ain't working. So, so, so to me, it was like, okay, I'm going to try something different. And we did like, we did a, we, we, we're actually developing a, an alcohol free beer for, for talk club at the moment. Right. And because I think there's so, I think community, I think pubs are amazing community spaces that, that I, men feel comfortable in. Lots of men don't. I feel comfortable in a lot of people. I know feel a lot of men I know feel comfortable in. We feel comfortable to open up and talk. But then what can happen is that we don't drink responsibly. We, we can push that too far if we are feeling down. But if I've got you for two, 90 minutes, you get one at the beginning, you might have one and you might have one more at the end. Three in the space of, uh, in, the, in the space of, you, you're not leaving halfway through to go and get a drink. So three in the space of maybe two hours, mm-hmm. I'm doing all right and drink responsibly. So, yeah, yeah. and I've yeah. got you there with your mates. And I've got you relaxing, and and that's a lot of you. I mean, alcohol's alcohol's not bad. Too much alcohol's bad. Mm, yeah, not okay. bad. And there's been many people who have been who, whose 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 lives have been destroyed by that. So it was a calc- It was a calculated risk. I'll be honest. It was sort of. A, but I had to go. I had to do. I had to do something because if I just have done it, if I just got it onto Netflix, then I don't think we'd have had the 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 impact that I needed out of it because I actually needed to see the whites of people's eyes. And mm. I mean, there's been so many where I've, I always go outside and then like I'm, I'm, a bloke might come out crying and I'm sort of like, mate, you're right. And he's like, uh, and I go, let's go outside. And I did one in Soho and um, I was outside with this bloke and he told me, he just opened up. He told me that he tried to take his own life. He tried to, he just went through all this long list and then suddenly he just looks at me and he goes, I can't believe I just said all that. And I was like, mate, you're in a space, just talk. And we just talked it out. And then and then he joined Talk Club and and then like and then last summer I think it was, or maybe even last Easter, he sort of posted this thing as the first holiday he's had in six years and he's this video of him and his his three kids jumping around in a swimming pool. And I sort of was like, Christ, that was that's 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 what this is all about. Like mm. the celebrate of the celebration of these of these men to actually go he needed to sort. He needed to talk. I was lucky enough to be there to to listen, and um, and he, he he's in a better space from it. So, it's about trying to find. I mean, that's what talk club is. It's so simple that and it's got so simple uh, rules to it, if you like, of the the out of ten that you can like. Uh, I'll 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 do it here. So this is like literally. This is these are the flyers that we that we hand out, right? So, do so we sort of like so these. The rules on how to talk so you sort of, so so this is what i did on my ted talk you go like literally here they are it's so simple it's like on a sheet of paper but then i went what's the first thing a bloke's going to do he's going to fold it in the half he's going to fold it in half he's going to fold it in half again and put it in his back pocket and then you go okay well, i'll use every side of this mm. to convince them to be part of it and that's the whole essence of what we're trying to do with talk club is they're going like we're not some big charity. We're not the NHS. We haven't got all the fucking answers. Sorry. We haven't got all the answers. Cut that bit out. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, um, but, but we're just a bunch of blokes and, and, uh, and one, one woman, my wife on the, on the founders who have now, we've now got over 1500 men in the community. Mm. And, and that's like, and we've, we've right. We've gone up. We've gone up. 35% since the beginning of lockdown. Wow. 35% of men have joined wow. since that. And you sort of go and, and we're still voluntary. We're still sort of trying to do it in the evenings. We're still trying to sort of make everything work together. But, but I do, I do feel that we're actually making it. We are, we are doing something and we, um, we are saving lives. I mean, I do get, I do get emails from people saying that, saying that because of this, I'm still alive. I've had it, and we have a regular talk club here in Southfield. 
Um, where are you guys based? Are you you're in Bristol? Just outside Bath, actually. Both of us, not so not far from Bath. Yeah, you yeah. Got, you, I work got, in Bristol, so yeah. We've got when we got a Wednesday Wednesday night talk club. We've got we got we we did talk and run um, when we were allowed to go out to run. We before we weren't allowed to sit down together. That's got that's that we've now got two of those running a week. We've got talk and bike. We're about to start talking skate. It's wow. just like it's all about just like going okay where where what do men want to do and then how can we get them talking and how can we get them owning how they feel and we've got one we've got one in Bath I mean like our one in Southfield is every week um and it's amazing because you've got blokes coming up to you afterwards going like I I came here six weeks ago and I was suicidal and now I know I want to be here and you go and I you don't know any of that you don't know any of that when they're sitting there talking um but it's amazing because you sort of go like all you're doing is just is just giving men space to 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 be heard because because when you're not talking it's called listening club and and then sort of like and you may talk for 10 minutes out of that two hours if you're lucky right so the rest of that time you're listening and mm. you're being heard and blokes don't do that we don't know how to listen we don't know how to really listen but when you're actually sitting there and you're looking at someone in the eye and you can see you can, you just get they're going through and then they may have had a great week or they may have had a crap week but the whole point is that you're there for them and that's yeah. what that's what we are we are not used to as 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 men we are we we think that we have to keep all these things in and when like i i joke about it i sort of go like when i'm when i'm talking about my number and if and if i've had a bad week my wife and my kids my kids normally not my wife my i might mention an argument but my kids are always like oh they've done this they've done that blah, 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 whinging about them but then what am i grateful for is my wife and my kids are always the first thing to be there because i'm very grateful for them and you realize how silly that is you realize that sort of like you realize that that is ridiculous but those things have been winding you up mm. and there's no judgment there mm. and it's it's just it's it's if you i i ask both of you to please come down yeah come down, well, yeah just just sort of like just it's i mean like when i did i mean it came from i mean it came from a session with andy's man club and seeing with luke and luke probably goes mate mate it'll change it it'll change everything for you and and it did and like when i mean talk that's a great andy, bit but, in the film he's a, such a but, great character luke looks amazing it looks amazing and what because what luke what they what were like seeing what they were doing there and then what we got out the the out the the, the round table and then what what karma doing with the best man projects i sort of went like okay if we throw those three things together and actually get it about prevention because luke's luke's dealing with people who are sort of who who have literally i mean they are brilliant i mean amc are brilliant and quite a lot of people in there were, were quite far down on that journey um what we're trying to do is we're trying to sort of we're trying to get you further up on that journey and trying mm. to get you to take responsibility earlier so that you don't so it's almost like i mean there's lots of people with talk club where with uh, amc where it's almost replacing therapy and mm. i don't think luke saw it that way to start with but he's going people are killing themselves how do what men are killing themselves how do i stop it what we're trying to do is almost before that is to sort of go like is to actually create create almost like a, a a um that that thing of going I, I i need to look after myself and it's amazing when you, you go in there like we have a club and i i hadn't been for a few weeks and i went in and like all these men started started with checking in with they were eight out of ten they started on eight out of ten and to me that was brilliant i just went we're doing it now because that is going to the gym to keep fit mm, yeah Not just, that, yeah, yeah. And there was a couple of men in there that were fours and a couple of men in there that were fives. And you sort of go, but, but they can see. And then suddenly they get inspired by these men who are eights and they yeah. leave a nine. And you go, like, they feel they've just come to the gym, they've done their run and they feel good for it. And, and it's about, it, it keeps coming back to that thing of like, we, we, we just need to be working really hard on, 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 our, on our emotional intelligence. Hmm. We need to sort of like go, I need to do this. I need a laugh. I need to lift myself here. Um, like, like you were saying earlier, I mean, like you made that decision about jumping, about, about jumping from your job and you sort of go like, that's a, that's a big decision. That's an emotional, that's a clever decision. That's looking after yourself. And mm -hmm. that's so because I don't think we do that enough as, as, as men, especially yeah. men of our, of our age. We sort of, we, we, 
we get to a point where we go, um, we are we are actually we have to we have to broaden our shoulders. We think that, that the world is waiting on us, and mm. um, to be to be fitter, to be mentally fitter, makes us stronger. That's what it is. I think that's um, to use that the, the sort of analogy that you use with the you know kind of physical fitness as well, though that for for me my my mental health has always been something that in the you know 20 odd years that i've been diagnosed as as being depressed whenever whenever i've got an issue with my mental health i'm i'm always dealing with it reactively i'm always dealing with it when i'm at the when i'm at the at my lowest ebb whereas my physical health i notice really really quickly if i haven't done something for two weeks and I think oh, I'm going to have to go out for a run or I'm going to have to do something so that I can manage proactively. But I don't, there's an obvious incentive there, but I don't think in terms of an education, that's, that's not anything that I've had to come to that conclusion myself that I need to be more proactive about how I look after myself. Mm. Yeah. It is so important because I think what we do is, I mean, like, like I, I for example, I, I did one, one week, um, Mental Health Awareness Week, I did eight screenings in five days. I knew that I was going to be tested. Yeah. Because right? I'm going to be talking a lot about suicide all that week. I'm going to be sort of like being sort of lots of emotion being pulled up. So I worked really, really hard on getting myself in a really good mentally fit state in the two weeks before. I trained for the marathon. Brilliant. I did that. And then sort of like Blue, who's one of the other co-founders, he sort of said to me, like, and I, and I, we, we, all the founders, we have, we have WhatsApp uh, checking every morning, and we were numbers, please, and it was like literally we have these support lines of where we are, um, and he sort of like he said to me, mate, you train, we train for moments like this, and that's what we do, and mm. I think if you, and I think we just expect life to when, <clears throat> if. If someone dies and we aren't ready for it, if we're not mentally fit, we're going to be hit even further. You lose your job, you're going to be hit even further. I mean, a lot of suicides are, are, are linked to losing anchors. Like Steve's lost his job and he thought he was going to lose his wife. And you lose these anchors and you lose perspective. And then, then suddenly that's when, that's when the mental illness kicks in further. Mm. But if he'd been really stronger, he knew how to cope with that better further down the further up uh, upstream then when those things hit he might have been able to handle it better and i'm not blaming him i'm blaming i'm blaming well i suppose i always will blame myself but I, but it's it's about the whole of us about about we how we go we just need to be we just need to be working just don't expect this thing to look after itself just don't expect mm. the brain to look after itself because it won't like you, 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 your gut won't look after itself Maybe it does when you're 20, but 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 when you, but, but as soon as you start getting older, it starts slowing down. And you're going to start getting a gut. So, yeah. it's 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 the same thing. And as we get older, we get we get mentally flabbier. We do because we've got more mm. pressures, more things to slow us down. We've got more 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 things to hurt us. Yeah. I, I just think I just think this. I mean, like the next film that I'm looking at is going to is is called Our Kids. Uh, our lives and it's, it's looking at the mental health of children and how we can how we can help kids younger to actually become mentally to understand mental fitness and actually mm. work on that because if, if we can get them earlier i think it's now harder being a kid now than it ever has been but you go but we go social media we go like all these other things phones they ain't going anywhere yeah we need to, no. we need to look at how to how to sort of how to teach our kids and ourselves to, to, to handle it all. So I just think it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a big problem. There's never going to be, they're going to be sorted in uh, anytime soon. But, yeah. uh, but the more things that we can talk about, the more things we can have these open conversations, then, then hopefully the, 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 the better will be. That That's a really good point, Ben. I think that's, that's, um, interestingly one of the topics that Liam and I covered on the last episode was social media and the internet and in general and the the massive massive effect that that has on us all and we we touched on the very point that it doesn't 
it doesn't matter that we all kind of know it can be bad for us. The fact is, it isn't going anywhere. It's there. So we have to become better at dealing with the pressures that that brings, whether that's envy or whether that is, well, whatever it may be, abuse or, you know, wh- mm. whatever form it's taking, we have to be better equipped to, to, to deal with that. And I know that um, when I was, um, before I left my job, my the company I was working for were starting to make some really brilliant steps in terms of um, they had people called mental health first aid, first aiders, which I imagine is something that other companies do as well. Um, Just as I was leaving, it was just getting, getting interesting. And I I hope that the journey has continued. But um, a point that, that I made was that that's wonderful, but first aid always comes after the injury. And I hope that we can do more, not just as a company, but as a society to get looking after ourselves in the first place is all the things that, that you've just, um, that you've just been saying really. And I, and I want to say thank you and well done for the, the work that you're doing. I think hasn't just affected the guys that come along to talk club or the, the people that have seen, um, the documentary, but the little offshoots of that, the fact that you are doing something which begins to normalize the conversation around mental health, changing it to, you know, changing the concept to mental fitness. It has inspired me to have conversations with other people who've never met you, seen your stuff. It's making the conversation easier. And I think the more that comes into our language, the better we all get at dealing with this and, and feeling that we can deal with it and we can talk about it. And that's really brilliant. So top top work, mate. I think that that's fantastic. Thank you so much. I mean, I think I think it's the the, the more I keep talking about it as physical fitness. I mean you you, when you see someone when you see someone going out for a run you don't you don't look at them and uh, and and pity them well, see, I don't know, speak for yourself there but it is that you don't look at them you go you go good on you you've gone out for a run you yeah. you've managed to find time to to go out for you and when when I see super buff people at the gym I go you you're selfish bastards you sort of like you you can't even kid at home but um but when but there is something about that when when we look at when we look at people who are who are physically fit we there's an envy there as society because we've gone you are doing very well to look after your physical fitness when when someone goes to do therapy. I mean, I, I remember going to therapy um, I, I, when I was at a previous job. I sort of said, oh, I can't do that. I've got my therapy. And my, my business partner, we walked up, my business partner turned to me and goes, oh, what's wrong? And I said, nothing. I've got my therapy. And it's like, it's the more that we should be doing that is looking after ourselves. Yeah. Owning those spaces and sort of going, not as a fix, their automatic reaction was pitying me because something must be wrong because I'm, I'm in therapy. And mm. it's like, no, no. Um, I'm very good at my job because I'm in therapy. And, and I think that there's lots of that about mental strength. And when you talk to people like Danny Skullthorpe, when you talk to sort of like people who have been at that top game, when it comes to, especially as men, when it comes to sort of sports people and you understand sports psychology and you go, this is what they were doing. This is how they keep themselves mentally strong nowadays. Mm. Um, That's when I start going to me, that's when it starts getting really interesting as a conversation, because I think that it's not actually about, it's definitely about normalizing it. Yes. But it's actually about excelling. That's, that's when start, that's when blokes start going, ah, Right. So that I'm not weak, I can be stronger, and then it's not, and then it's about like then it's then then we start getting into something that we that we'll all be profiting for. We'll all be coming out of that going. I can be like to me, I, I want to be, I, I, I want to be the best father I can be, and if I can, and me being in therapy does that, and me talking about my feelings does that, and yeah. and I think that that's that's something that that takes a lot of getting your head around. Um, and I, I, I really, I mean, we, we have such a cross section of people coming, a cross section of men in talk club, everyone from sort of, uh, everyone from people who have been long-term unemployed to people who are on, on, on massive amount of money. And we're all just, we're all exactly the same. Yeah. Us blokes are exactly the same. No matter what you've, what you earn, what you, what you do, what we all suffer the same problems and the same insecurities. So 
that's my hope. My hope is to sort of just keep those conversations going and and um, and just sort of trying to be mentally strong. Fantastic. That, that's brilliant, Ben. Can I uh, can I end on a, a more practical question? Liam and I would would definitely. Um, I'm ashamed to say we haven't been long to a talk club yet. I think part of that might be because since we've we've been doing since we've been talking, Liam, Liam and I, and we've been doing working on this podcast and things, we've generally been in a better place than we were prior to that. Yeah, and definitely. it's exactly that thing about, I felt a bit better, so I don't really need to go. So we are now going to take our eights into talk club or whatever we might be on the day. We might be having a, a rubbish day. But I just wanted to ask, obviously, we're amid lockdown at the moment. Um, has that affected the the logistical nature of things and and how do people what should people consider and how can they find out where their nearest talk club event is going on okay so if you go to wetalkclub.com and you go on there and there is there's two things to consider there's the main group which is the the main talking group which is global it's just literally a facebook group you go on their private facebook group you go on there you talk about how you're feeling Start with how you are at a 10. We're sort of, I think we're up to sort of 1,350, 1,380 men on there. Then you go down or you go to find a club and find a club. And there are currently about 40 clubs around the world. So we've just set up Singapore yesterday. We've got uh, got three in, uh, three in the, uh, in, uh, Australia, Sydney's one of our biggest. We've got nearly 200 men in Sydney. Uh, Bristol, we've got nearly 400 men. Um, Brighton's massive. Manchester's uh, on its way up. Um, uh, we've got masses in Kent. We've got about five or six different ones in Kent. So you go on there. They're all at different stages of, of. It all depends on the energy. If I'm honest, the energy of the captain and how much time they've got to to grow that. Um, and these has been, people have come to us, men have come to us, I want to set up a talk club. Um, can you help set it up? So that's what, that's basically where they are. Um, we used to have Zoom calls right in lockdown. There was almost a Zoom call every night. I think there was a Zoom call every night. And um, and even people who couldn't make ones who were here were sort of like strange times were joining ones in Sydney. Um, so... Um, and there are Zoom calls still going on, Zoom Zoom chats. Um, but we we've started up the we started up Bristol, um, uh, Brentford Brentford FC. We've got one at Brentford FC. We've got one at Forest Green Rovers. Yeah. Those those are starting up the physical ones soon as well. Brentford have, are starting again their physical ones. So they're starting up. It's all about space. As long as you've got big enough space, as long as you're two meters away from each other, and you're you're you're, you're sort of being um, being responsible for that um but it's been it's 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 literally that thing of i mean we're we're, we're just about a year old i mean we're still trying to work it all out um but go go we talk club.com check us out join and enjoy a club and in and even if you just sort of like, even if you just join the main group and you don't feel like you want to say anything you can just read what other people are saying and we're there for you if something does happen mm. we're there for you if does kick about and you go because that's what's happened we have loads of people who, who just joined my loads of men have joined and and then suddenly this is the first time i post i've just lost my job and brilliant like to me that's amazing because i've gone they don't know where else to go and then and they go and they've been a member I look at it they've been a member for six months sure. and suddenly needed needed to, to post on there yeah. um we, we're trying to develop it we're going to be taking it off facebook soon we're going to be putting it onto an app so because again that social media conversation is that social media for many people is an anxiety. Right. So um, I found this has been a very positive experience for me for, for, for social media. But um, but I know that there's lots of men that we're missing who have felt a lot of anxiety from social media. So we we're going to be we're, we're currently in beta on, a, on an app, um, right. which hopefully will be coming out soon, and um, and we'll contain everything and everything will be in that. So that'll be good. But yeah, it's it's all it's all busy, it's all go. Um, but just I'd love I just just we're here. For, we're, I mean, the community's here for you. It's about a community. It's about other men who who might be feeling down at the same time. And you can bring them up. You can bring them up with your rates. Well, 
Well, tremendous thanks there to Ben Akers of Talk Club for all the brilliant work he's done and in spending the time to talk to Liam and I about that. You can find more details about everything that Ben's doing from Talk Club to the Steve documentary and beyond in the show notes. Apologies for some of the sound issues during the recording. We're still in the middle of lockdown and working with online platforms for these recordings. There was also a swear word in there, which I make no apologies for. I think it's good to show the emotion over these things that are so important. And at the end of the day, words can't hurt you. Remember, if you want to support the podcast, you can do that by subscribing to the show, giving us a good rating, and most importantly, going to patreon.com forward slash Tom Corneal which will explain all the brilliant things you can do by donating as little as less than the price of half a cup of coffee per month to help us keep the lights on and support me in other projects. Every penny makes a huge difference. And for now, thank you so much just for tuning in and listening to this episode. We hope it was useful for you and we'll speak to you again next time. Take care.